we are coming into our final segment of the Saturday Sports Show. It is indeed the 5 before 5 and I'm delighted to say I'm joined in studio by CRCFM's Jack McDonald. Firstly, Jack, we have a fascinating story coming by way of Gareth Southgate, the English manager who back in 2018 managed to spring a sale upon M&S waistcoats due to his fashionable attire and he looks like he is also going to be setting a trend in the timekeeping fashion. Yes, exactly. So, Gareth Southgate, amongst footballing circles, is known as quite a dull man. He was once asked what his favourite drink was, and he responded, probably water. So, it would follow, Kevin, that the almost five grand watch that he has on his wrist throughout the Euros is indeed as boring drink choice because it turns out that the £4,800 watch is a limited edition watch designed specifically to give him information on the Euros. Quite a bizarre one for a national team manager to have a watch specified for penalties but considering Gareth Southgate's history infamously missing penalties but it shows that he has his priorities right at least in trying to get England all that they need in terms of going towards uh, bringing football home. £4,800 on a watch and he's gone with, for those who are, of course are listening to us, the watch is the most dull watch you've ever seen. There's absolutely no bling to it. It's a matte black watch. It's got a little touch screen and that's about it. It's it's horrific. For, for £4,800, like you could really bling it out. I mean, if you go to the, the beach strips across Europe, you'll get about 4800 Hundred euro worth of yeah a lot of a lot of really interesting knockoffs um, yeah I, th- I think Kevin it's it's an open and closed case certainly we won't be thinking much about it if he brings football home. Well, Hublot have stated that it is part of their Euro twenty twenty campaign. They are sponsoring the tournament. They were famous, of course, for bringing in the fourth official uh, timekeeping, or rather, the advertisement for uh, changing players and, and for officials for the fourth official uh, the huge monstrosity of a thing that, that was brought in for the 2018 World Cup and they have also stated they are supplying the watches for referees as well as helping them keep time they are connected to goal line technology and VAR to help them make all of the right calls do you feel that it's going to help Gareth Southgate and help Hublot in terms of ringing a sale for their watch because it includes a tricolour the Irish flag is there all of the original host nations it uh, doesn't seem to include Russia who well it does include Russia who of course uh, St. Petersburg took over the hosting rights after the Irish government decided they no longer wanted to be involved with these, this Euro 2020 campaign and it looks almost as if Gareth Southgate has prepared for everything. There is a real cult of personality surrounding him at the moment, which is quite bizarre considering his boring and nondescript nature. Yes, it's very interesting. It's like when they built a, a cult of personality around Lenin after his death. It's, you know, it's it's, it's very interesting, Keeving, but I can't say that Hublot will be rejoicing, you know, that the announcement tweet of that uh, thing only has 97 likes and three comments. I'm pretty sure we could muster up more of that in, you know, three minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's an open and closed case, as I said, but definitely, you know, it will be one of those things that if he does manage to bring the money further, it will be replicated across management no doubt well there's another interesting story coming from the United States and it's in the run up to the Olympic Games taking place in Tokyo later on this month 
and it involves a, a track and field athlete, Jack. Can you tell us more? Yes, so of course we all know the reality, which is that much more people than anybody in this country wants to admit like to indulge in a bit of marijuana, bit of cannabis, bit of weed. It turns out in the US they acknowledge that fact to such a degree that many of the states have legalised or at the very least decriminalised it. And of course the Olympics now comes into light because sprinter Shakari Richardson has just been suspended after a test that showed a positive for marijuana and it's now putting her Olympic chances in doubt. She has owned up to it. She just released a tweet that simply said, I'm human. So very interesting one, because of course, if it happened in this country, there'd be an illegal element to it. However, with her, weed is so legal across the US at this point, or at least not criminal, that it maybe brings in more of a moral judgment than necessarily a legal one. Yeah, certainly considering, you know, a position as an athlete, you would have to feel sorry for Portia Carrie Richardson, considering it's not a performance-enhancing drug. If anything, it's somewhat debilitating for a track and field athlete. She stated she smoked it after the death of her mother and she used it as a, a coping mechanism to try and get through that difficult time. Is it a sign maybe that the International Olympic Committee have failed to keep up with the rules? You mentioned there the liberalisation of marijuana in the United States. 18 out of 50 states currently have it legalised on their books. Very unfair considering that fact, even though she is an international athlete, she was in the United States when she consumed this drug and now it's costing her hopes of being a participant at the Olympics in Tokyo. Yes, it's it's an interesting one from a global point of view, but also from a sports world, because, of course, for 20, 30 years, we have been saying, particularly to male uh, sports stars, that you need to act like a role model. And that's why over the last 10, 15 years, the Gazas and even the Roy Keens have kind of dissipated and we've seen a much more bland uh, Stephen Gerrard type, if we were to be ideal, people who are broadcast on a Sunday at four o'clock and are seen to be role models for young people. So, of course, while the law doesn't factor into this in this scenario, it is also worth mentioning that she has broken the explicit rules of the US track and field team and that ultimately, can you be seen to break laws, no matter what athlete you are, and be a legitimate role model? Or is she under some sort of, is she some sort of holier-than-thou figure where she doesn't have to be a role model? It seems a little duplicitous if the rules aren't properly enforced. Yeah, it certainly does seem to be a fascinating one, but one in which we'll, uh, we'll certainly see rumble on and on as there is going to be undoubted uh, criticism for that decision. A huge hopeful for an Olympic medal for the Americans, that is Shikari Richardson, ruled out of the Tokyo Olympics by the IOC for failing a drug test for the use of cannabis. Moving on to our next story, it involves the Lions rugby, Jack, and there are no Irish players in the Change Lions lineup for the first tour match, taking place, of course, in 15 minutes' time in Johannesburg. Yes, so people, of course, will be rushing to their TV sets, no doubt. Lions is has always been a staple, you know, ever since Paul O'Connell and the likes have heralded that squad. So it is an interesting idea, and, you know, while at times we have been quite jubilant about our rugby prowess, maybe this puts a different spotlight on our actual skill as a rugby nation. Yeah, certainly question marks will come over the strength and depth of the Irish rugby setup. Considering Robbie Henshaw was involved in the first te- first 
match and sustained an injury. Conor Murray promoted to captain, but they seem like they won't be of uh, any kind of involvement this afternoon for Warren Gatlin's side, as Finn Russell is going to be taking uh, the fly, fly half position this evening, uh, the Scottish international there. So that will be quite fascinating to see how that works out for the British and Irish Lions against the Emirate Lions in Johannesburg. Not confusing at all, the Lions versus the Lions. No, not at all. And of course, it's probably another note to mention, Kevin. This is probably what happens when you have such a shoddy management over the last 12 months of Irish rugby. I mean, you know, the, the whole Joe Schmitz situation, I'm sure, for selectors, probably put a different light on Irish rugby as a whole. Yeah, massively so. It's certainly uh, a lower point than what we are used to. But if the Irish soccer team are anything to to go by, they could go lower and lower. Uh, Hopefully not, though. Hopefully not. Uh, Moving on to Wimbledon, a fascinating statistic coming from the All England Tennis Club. Well, it's fascinating and it's not. I mean, the headline is two almost 40-year-old women, well, rather one 40-year-old woman and one woman in her 30s will not be competing in Wimbledon. That, of course, is the Williams sisters who have been fascinatingly dominant for the past, what what is it, almost three decades at this point. 24 years. It's 1997, I believe, the first time that there is going to be no Williams sisters. Well, there was no Williams sisters in the second round of Wimbledon. Of course, Serena pulled out through injury. And Venus, unfortunately for her, was unable to make it past the first round. Yeah, now, Kevin, I don't know what kind of films you usually watch, but not every film ends with a happy ending. And of course, this did have to come to an end at some point. Usually we see these Hungarian girls, these, you know, all the Czech Republic, and they have one or two really blistering tournaments and then then that's it. So to last this long is, is truly remarkable and obviously a sign of their athletic talent. But it is coming to an end. Uh, of course, we will not see either of them really in the future. And it's it's a landscape that has been evolving. Venus hasn't been seen in a long time properly. And Serena, w- due to her pregnancy and things like that, has really taken a step away. So it's not going to be a shock for people who are regular fans of tennis. But for some of you, those who perhaps tune in occasionally, certainly they're going to tune in and there's going to be a shock. Yeah, just keeping an eye on centre court in Wimbledon. Roger Federer is indeed in action there where he is facing off against the British uh, competitor Cameron Norrie. He, uh, Roger Federer is currently leading 6-4, 6-4 and it is uh, two sets all in the third set there with uh, Norrie just 40 points to 30 ahead of Roger Federer in that game. But it looks like it could be another successful outing for the Swissman as he continues to make his way through Wimbledon at apparent ease it's remarkable watching Roger Federer Jack how he barely even breaks a sweat when he's playing tennis yes and of course you've had a lot of people prominent people heralding him on in in the media and certainly there's a definitely if you want footballs to come home I think you'll probably want Roger Federer to to clutch this last victory it would be you know obviously really I suppose the last light of a dying breed as we talk about the Williams sisters Federer and a few others will come into that same position very soon so tennis definitely in a time of turmoil Without a doubt, and it is looking like a changing of the guard in terms of some of the younger players that are coming to light. The Canadian, I was speaking earlier about Shapovalov, who 
out outplayed Andy Murray yesterday. Absolutely blistering serve from the young Canadian tennis star who really is going to make a name for himself. But he's been joined by his compatriot Felix Auger Aliasime. He is from Montreal in Quebec and six foot four in stature, twenty years of age. He has just beaten the Australian Nick Kyrgios and that is a huge upset there. He bet him uh, 6-2, 6-1, and it was a walkover actually eventually given there. So the Canadian is through to the next round. He joins uh, Shapovalov into the quarterfinals of Wimbledon, while Marian Cilic plays off against Medvedev, uh, Stani Medvedev, in just 10 minutes' time. That game begins, so that's going to be on court one, and that is indeed the third round of Wimbledon in terms of British success it is continuing for the young British star Emma Raducanu who has beaten off the Romanian Serana Cristia who really seems to have put up uh, quite a fight going down to a tie break in the end but Raducanu is going to be carrying the British flag as it does look like Cameron Norrie will be departing uh, the stage at Wimbledon Centre Court in a few moments time due to the prowess of Roger Federer have you been able to catch much of Wimbledon or do you share Aidan Crowley's disdain for the sport I don't have a disdain I just have other things to do um, <laughs> I, I mean it's you know it's a fine thing but it's I think the French Open is much more enjoyable and certainly the crowds there are, m- are much more I suppose uh, free or you know I don't care that you're eating strawberries and all of the kind of ridiculous hoopla which is really kind of royal family adjacent and it's it's such a weird cosm of the world that I couldn't even you know consider to be a part of. Of course, it's nice to see uh, Federer and, and Nadal and Murray and, and all those faces in kind of one world for a change. But certainly, Murray doesn't seem to have you know lived up to the hype for many many years. And yeah, ultimately, I, I don't know. What, how about you, Kevin? Have you tuned into much of it? I have indeed. Uh, it's a tournament that I I generally enjoy. Uh, there is a. Uh, a large amount of pomp and ceremony surrounding it as well, uh, but I just find the coverage Sue Barker, Boris Becker. I think it's it's the Rolls Royce of uh, summer sport, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I was surprised, I must say, by Eurosports coverage because I didn't quite understand it. They were they were obviously European people who English wasn't their first language. They had immaculate English, but I was kind of curious: is Eurosport is this broadcast solely for us English speaking? It was an incredible performance, but it was like. It was like somebody fighting with their right hand tied behind their back. It was kind of a bizarre situation. Well, Eurosport were kind of known for breaking the mould during Roland Garros. They were able to beam up the competitors and the tennis stars into their studio by means of like a, a 3D hologram. It's kind of like what Kanye West bought Kim Kardashian for her birthday. You know, she was able to beam in her deceased father. Quite a bizarre and sycophantic kind of thing to do. But it seems to be the way of streaming now and it's well within the possibilities. Will we begin to see post-match interviews conducted from the Sunday game? Des Cahill talking to a hologram of Aidan O'Shea after picking up another Man of the Match award, whether or not he actually was Man of the Match. Yeah, and of course the Kanye one is brilliant because not only did he spend a million to get it, he also made sure that it was programmed in to say that Kanye West is a great guy. So he had the program maker use... Anyway, it's such a bizarre situation. On the Sunday game thing, 
certainly the money they seem to be saving in talent, maybe it's time to put in technology. That's just statistical. You know, George Hook was saying the same thing that while uh, the technology wasn't brilliant, certainly the the opinions, the the people there, and no doubt the salaries. You know, he was talking about Pat Spillane and himself uh, goading each other over the the price on, of course, their invoices. So yeah, I think I well, I would I wouldn't herald RTE as perhaps bringing that that far this quickly. Yeah, well, considering they're able to look to cut 1.5 million from the current affairs account, as Aidan was bringing us news of earlier, they could certainly look to try and uh, try their hand at something else to maybe jazz up their analysis. You know, there's no APRA match. It's all a bit sedate. Kevin Doyle does his best. Uh, he's a he's a colourful character. Damien Duff is brilliant. He seems like he's older than his actual age. He is already fitting into the disgruntled mould of yesteryear RTE pundits and uh, it seems to really be displaying a real chip in his shoulder. Yeah, there's a lot. There's certainly a lot of negative opinion about it online. Not a lot of pe- people clipping it up and kind of, you know, I suppose goading them. For me, it, it I would not, I would not listen to them. I would obviously mute it as soon as they come on. And that's just, I, I just, yeah, I, I just think the the presentation at this point has gone beyond a, a kind of a, an approachable point. But certainly, they're doing the best with what they can. And you know, when you look back at the broadcasts of Hook or any of those people. The amount of latitude they were given was immaculate looking back. I mean, we don't even have that freedom, Kevin. And, you know, it's really just you looking over our shoulders. Well, we, I do my best to try and rein you in. But you did bring us in a fantastic interview this week with Castle Bar's Noe Baba. Can you tell us more about the interview itself? Because he spoke very candidly about... A, a lot of personal issues in terms of him receiving that call up to the Ireland under 21 squad by Noel King and then unfortunately being involved in a horrific accident uh, just outside Enfield on his way up to Dublin for that uh, match day meet up. It was truly an interesting piece for myself, Kevin. Of course, I did it on the Jack McDonald show, which can be heard Monday through Thursday, half 10 to 12, and Kevin, you off to make a brilliant appearance on there. But, you know, and of course, we've rebroadcasted here today. Noah is, is such a fascinating character because he's one of the few people in this town who has truly flown very close to the sun. Unfortunately, some might say maybe he, clo- he, he flew too close to the sun and maybe th- th- that car crash certainly could be emblematic of that. But the cand- candid nature, I really wasn't expecting and I'm not sure if it was left in the original broadcasting but I actually did say are you alright to speak about that because I was truly expecting him to say no we can't we can't talk about that because it's something that was only hinted at locally so for him to have that much candid nature about that but also you know he's quite he seems quite uh, interestingly at peace at his place within the football industry you know he didn't make the cut is the reality he didn't become that Man United starlet that some in the town expected him to be but he's still playing a fair trade in Germany he's still making his living as a footballer and it was really a fascinating yeah investigation into that yeah, and I think it's testament to his character as well. An incredibly positive and uh, well-spoken young man and he is uh, doing well over with Fortuna Cologne over in Germany and we wish Noe Baba all the best over there as he's currently uh, 
really settling into life in Cologne in the western German city just in terms of some sporting action that is going to come your way that we've we're yet to cover I spoke last night of my late night dreariness watching Copa America well I can do it all over again and I suggest you should do it too it was like watching a different sport going from the Allianz Arena with Belgium and Italy over to Brazil to watch Peru versus Paraguay it looks as if the pitches are about twice the size there are less players there predominantly because without doubt a player gets sent off in South American football and that was the case indeed last night Peru had a man sent off Paraguay had a man sent off Brazil in their game against Chile they overcame them to beat them 1-0 they had a man sent off and looking through to tonight fixtures it's Uruguay versus Colombia at 11 o'clock while Argentina face Ecuador that's Lionel Messi's Argentina he's pumped he's primed he's ready to go for this tournament of course he's never won an international tournament with Argentina so a lot of hype and speculation surrounding him this evening that game if you can make it up to two o'clock in the morning against Ecuador Jack what are your thoughts well Kevin it just strikes me that of course you are quite a football sophisticate you've got a sophisticated football palette and indeed a sporting palette for those of us who might may take a more fast food approach to football and to sport as a whole come on is it really worth it to get up at two o'clock in the morning and watch these games I'm not suggesting you can set an alarm but I do and I know of people there's one in the studio who uh, stay up to watch grown men in speedos in a cage and uh, I really UFC, miss UFC, UFC by the way UFC, yeah <laughs> by the way just in case um, and I try not to make any judgments about that but you know be really assured well I, I suppose I UFC and the Copa America are very closely aligned at times yeah, well it can, can be quite often a, a difficult and spurious one especially with the amount of bookings and difficulties for referees uh, in the Copa America tournament but it is in its quarter final stages now and I suggest anyway if you're up at 11 o'clock Uruguay and Colombia and I can guarantee after that if you're still awake into the early hours Argentina versus Ecuador just the thoughts of finishing up around half four o'clock in the morning the birds will start singing the light is just coming through the windows and uh, you will be probably regretting it by morning time but ultimately it's a fantastic tournament and one with guaranteed goals and guaranteed aggressive nature we are complaining and lamenting the easy bookings and red cards in Euro 2020 it's like a totally different sport in the late hours in Brazilian and Copa America football I can guarantee they don't have a £4,000 watch on their wrist well that's for sure Fantastic stuff, Jack McDonald. Many thanks for joining us here on the Saturday Sports Show. You can listen to him on the Jack McDonald Show throughout the week, Mondays to Thursdays, half 10 to 12 o'clock. And that is indeed where we have to leave you, folks. My thanks indeed, as ever, to Aidan Crowley, our excellent producer, Sean O'Hora, to Tony Stakelum, who joined us with updates from the hurling, to Maximilian Marek, our French correspondent, as well, of course, to all of you for listening. And a special shout-out to to CRCFM Sports Stephen Grealis Stephen was fantastic in taking the call for his county this afternoon and he commentated spectacularly on Mayo's victory over Leitrim in the Nicky Rackard semi-final many and hearty congrats to Stephen there on his commentary debut we will all be hearing a lot more about it and you can be guaranteed of that absolutely fantastic stuff there and we will be back here with the Saturday Sports Show 1 o'clock to 5 Tune in then and you can catch us on the CRCFM Saturday Sport podcast channel wherever you do download your podcasts.